Welcome, my flourishing friends, to episode number 49. In today's episode, we are doing a how-to. It is something that I plan to regularly have on the podcast in order to help you find ways to be action-oriented in greening your life and building more sustainable well-being into your life. So it's very exciting. And today's episode is all about how to find the right green home heating system for you. Exciting, right? Let's dive in. I'm Christina Hunter, and you are listening to the Live Well Green Podcast, all about sustainable well-being and green living. We explore how to do what is good for the planet and for ourselves in order to truly flourish. Did you know that over 40% of the energy used in U.S. homes is for space heating? That's according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. And this is important not only for home heating bills, but also for carbon emissions. So how do you find the right green home heating system for your situation? Well, first of all, let's ask, what do we mean by green? Well, I use it interchangeably with eco-friendly. And of course, carbon emissions are important, but they're not the only factor. Along with carbon and other greenhouse gases like methane, we're also going to consider other aspects of environmental impact, particularly the issue of pollutants. Air pollutants like particulate matter and volatile organic compounds and other gases can be important with regard to outdoor air quality as well as indoor air quality. And we can have other environmental issues associated with our home heating system and energy fuel choices. And that relates to habitat impact. We know there's lots of habitat loss associated with oil and gas exploration and refinement, the pipelines and transportation, including by sea, rail, truck, and all of those things associated with oil exploration, development, and delivery, including oil spills and the ultimate carbon emissions of using that fuel. In addition, we have a lot of infrastructure associated with energy systems as well as home heating systems, and that can impact habitat, energy associated with the materials themselves, and ultimately their disposal and perhaps reclamation. So an important consideration is also the embodied energy that's used to make this infrastructure versus its expected lifespan. And this is important when considering total life cycle impacts of your heating system. Then we're also going to consider under a green home heating system, we're going to think about human rights and social justice issues because we know that the climate change impacts are greatest felt in the north as well as in small island nations. And we have huge impacts in those areas of the world right now. 
And we also have to consider the habitat destruction of oil and gas industry and how that affects people who live off the land, especially indigenous communities. So this is really important with regard to land rights and indigenous rights and livelihoods. Then we also have greening uh, related to a uh, broader environmental and social justice issues, which also come into play. So there are many green living options. And I often get asked the question like, what should I use this versus that? And the answer is usually, well, it depends. And when we think about our home's heating system, it usually depends on things like the climate of where you live, and that will relate to the heating needs of your household. And also, we would think about the sunlight that's available and how remote is your home. That would relate to things like the maintenance required, how easy is it to get something fixed, are you on a power grid, and so on, and the energy sources that are available to you. The other important consideration when we think of our home heating system is your electricity source. Where is that coming from and how is that electricity generated? Because there's a big difference in environmental impacts from different sources of electricity. Now, coal is definitely the most polluting source of electricity followed by natural gas, and then we have other low-carbon-emitting sources like hydroelectric, wind, and tidal that have their own other impacts potentially. So with large-scale hydro, we do have the potential for methane gas to be released, which is a powerful greenhouse gas. And then let's not forget that historic large-scale hydroelectric facilities tend to have huge social impacts that are especially negative on indigenous populations. And so we can have really big issues associated with those lower carbon, but still impactful sources of generating electricity. Now with the home itself, we have to think about, is it a new build in a town or city? Is it remote or is it rural? And can we determine things with this new build, like the orientation of the home? And that becomes important if we're thinking about something like passive solar design. And what about that property? How much land do you have to work with? Do you own that land? And what's the depth to bedrock? That becomes important when we think about geothermal. Or are we retrofitting an existing home? What do you have now? And how much time and money can you use to install your new home heating system? And then we also want to think about your personal situation. Is this an emergency where you don't have much time? And how much money can you invest in the system? So those are all the factors that affect your choices and the options available to you. But given your context, I have a hierarchy of low impact options for you based on our definition of green that we just talked about, which includes both environmental factors carbon, habitat, as well as pollutants, in addition to social impacts. So I've got five different categories for you with different ratings. The first one being the lowest impact is your five-star option, which is zero carbon with low embodied life cycle energy and low pollution. 
and that is a passive solar heating system. And this is a really, really beautiful option that is available in an increasingly wide range of climates. This involves usually having a very highly insulated structure that's oriented for solar gain. So you're working on retaining all of that incoming solar radiation and the thermal energy from the sun. And we're doing that usually using some sort of thermal mass where you're heating up a stone floor, for example, or some other heavy mass object with the sun's rays so that it can be slowly re-radiated throughout the day and night. And we might also be using a trome wall, which is a high thermal mass wall behind a window or some sort of glazing that captures the sunlight and then, again, redistributes it over the course of time. And it's usually needing to be a purpose-built structure to have all of these features to allow for a fully passively heated home. And this might not be possible in quite all climates, but increasingly it is available. Now, another one in the five-star category is the active solar heated home. This requires a little bit more infrastructure, but this is where we're using the sun's energy to heat up a fluid that then circulates in pipes, or we're using the sun's energy to preheat incoming air in systems called air collectors. And these can be small within the window or large solar walls on larger buildings. Now, this generally will not meet your heating needs in cold climates, but it can be useful in areas with low heating requirements. And of course, with solar, the storage of that energy is an issue. It's only available when the sun is shining. So it's often used to complement other systems. However, in some climates, it might be all that you need. So those are your five-star options. Now on to four-star these are very low carbon systems that use little electricity from a lower impact source, such as small scale hydro, wind, or tidal. Now, those large scale hydro, wind, or tidal can have these negative impacts that we talked about, especially with greenhouse gas emissions from large scale hydro, as well as negative social impacts, especially to indigenous communities. And we also have very high embodied energy in some of these large-scale developments, especially for large-scale hydro and even for wind and tidal systems. They have a lot of concrete and steel and even habitat impacts. But there's still little infrastructure with these systems themselves and in your home, and it has a relatively long lifespan and low carbon emitting and low pollution. So in this category of four stars, we have heat pumps. And these are referred to as, uh, for ground source heat pumps, they're called geothermal, or they can be air sourced heat pumps. And in either case, no fossil fuels are burned. So they're very low carbon. That carbon is just coming from the electricity needed to operate the systems. And either way, for the heat pumps, the air or ground source, the principle is the same. It takes the heat from the outside air or from the ground. And if you think about it, even if that outside air temperature is below your inside home's temperature, that outdoor air still has some heat in it. And what these systems do is transfer the heat from that outside air or from the ground 
into a circulating fluid. And they do that using a compressor. And it's really just the exact same system as your refrigerator. So it's a known technology and it works really well. I actually have geothermal to heat my home and it just works in this uh, regular size lot in the city and we have it installed in our front yard. And so there is some land required for the geothermal, but for the air-sourced heat pump, you don't even need uh, any land area for that. Now, it doesn't provide as much heat. It's only good to about minus 15 degrees Celsius, which relates to about 5 degrees Fahrenheit, whereas geothermal can get lower than that in terms of meeting your heating needs. But either way, the infrastructure is fairly localized, uses a small amount of electricity, and these systems also provide domestic hot water heating. So there's no need for a gas hot water tank. And when the system is running, you get free hot water. And it also provides a cooling system. It's built in in the same system as heating and cooling. And in fact, with the geothermal, you will need to use the cooling in order to add heat back into the ground for the next season when you need it again. Now, what's interesting about the heat pumps are that they are very efficient. There is something called the COP or coefficient of performance. Now, for a gas furnace that's, say, 95% efficient, it has a COP of 0.95. And an oil furnace, which is 75% efficient, would have a COP of 0.75. But an air-to-air heat pump has a COP of 2.1, which means it's essentially 210% efficient. And a geothermal system has a COP between three and four, which means it's essentially three to 400% efficient. Now, these systems might be more expensive to install, but they have a dramatically lower operating cost over the long term and high environmental performance. So that's what gains them the four-star rating. Now, I've got some three-star options for you, and these are low carbon, but they might have some higher embodied energy. And in this category, we have electrical heating. As long as your electricity is from a low-impact source, such as small-scale hydro or wind or tidal. Now, electric furnaces can be up to 98.5% efficient, and we can also have baseboard heaters, which have a COP of 1 or 100% efficiency, and there's really little infrastructure or embodied energy in these systems, and they can have fairly long lifespans of 20 years or more. Also in this category of three-star options would be solar panels or photovoltaics or PV panels that you might have heard of. They produce electricity in order to heat the space. And that's done very locally, of course. So there's less reliance on electricity from a grid. And we still have the issue of storing that electricity, though. So you need batteries or some other method of storing the energy. And the other issue with that is, of course, that those solar panels themselves have higher embodied energy. So they have a lot of energy that went into making them, and they have fairly high sort of maintenance costs. So those are three-star. Now, 
What about two-star options? Here we're looking at options that are low carbon and low pollution concerns, but still have some issues with pollution. So in this category, we have wood and pellet heating. Top of the category here are masonry stoves, which are also called Russian or Finnish stoves. These ones get top marks because they produce more heat and less pollution than other wood or pellet burning appliances. And they typically burn wood and will get about 90% efficiency. And in these systems, the chimney winds through a masonry mass like bricks or something else very massive, and it allows it to slowly release the heat from that burned wood. And these masonry heaters have a very efficient burn. They only need to be refueled between every 12 to 20 hours. And the masonry itself can also act as a passive solar device. If that masonry thermal mass is also receiving direct sunlight, then it can also be passive solar. So it has lots of benefits associated with it. And now what about others in this category? Those would also include high efficiency wood stoves and fireplace inserts. Now, Wood can be considered carbon neutral, right? Because the carbon in the tree is all carbon that that tree took in from the atmosphere. And then when you burn the wood from the tree, all that same carbon from the atmosphere goes back into the atmosphere. So we consider that to be carbon neutral. Although it's not truly neutral because, of course, harvesting that lumber and processing it also has some carbon emissions with it. And then we also have the issue of pollution. We have particulate matter and gases, which can be very significant when we're burning any biomass, anything like wood or grains or dung or fiber or anything like that, all has issues with pollution. Now, we're not burning fossil fuels, so we're not burning that historical carbon that was carbon stored underground that's now being released to the atmosphere, but we are burning new carbon, even though we consider it carbon neutral, it does still have issues. However, these new catalytic stoves and fireplace inserts can actually burn the gases and particulates and the smoke and have an efficiency of up to 83%. So it's really a good option because with those catalytic versions, we can have much lower polluting devices. And so you just need to look for certified low emitting stoves and fireplace inserts. In this category, finally, we also have pellet stoves which are also considered carbon neutral. They're usually burning wood, but they can also burn other organic matter like corn kernels and nutshells and so on. And they tend to be between 70 to 83% efficient. They do tend to have a fairly clean burn with little creosote residue, but the systems themselves are more complex and might be more prone to breaking down. So finally, we have a one-star option in our green home heating systems category, and that is simply the high-efficiency gas furnace, which can be up to 98.5% efficient, or a COP of 0.985. And that's followed by high-efficiency boilers, which can be up to 90% efficient, or a COP of 0.9. Now, those are still more efficient 
than another gas burning system. However, you're still burning fossil fuels. And this is still taking ancient carbon from the ground and putting it into the atmosphere, adding to climate change, as well as all of the effects of the oil and gas industry, which includes the exploration, the drilling, the distribution systems, the rail lines, the shipping, the pipelines, the trucks, as well as the habitat loss and oil spills and indigenous rights issues and air and water pollution. But it's still less bad than some of the low efficiency gas furnaces or boilers that are out there. So what do we want to look for avoiding? We definitely want to avoid oil burning furnaces, which can have a COP of 0.75. And we want to avoid electricity that's generated from coal, which is a very big polluter. So Those are the biggest polluters and the biggest impacts and five great options for you to reduce your impacts. So that is the answer to how to find the right green home heating system for you. The key messages from today's episode are that first of all, green means more than just carbon emissions. We're also concerned about pollutants, the embodied life cycle energy, habitat loss, social impacts, indigenous rights, and so on. And I have a number of options for you. In the five-star category, we're looking at passive solar and active solar. And these are generally most appropriate for new build uh, locations, especially where we can orient the home for solar gain. Now, in the four-star category, we have heat pumps. And those can be air-to-air heat pumps, or geothermal systems. Now, three-star, in this uh, category, we have electrical systems, which includes using electrical furnaces or space heaters where our electricity is generated either from a low-emitting source, such as small-scale hydro or wind or tidal, or from photovoltaics, understanding that we do have issues with large-scale hydro, as well as with um, the embodied energy of photovoltaics. Now, in the two-star category, we have wood and pellet burning stoves, but top of the class are the masonry or finished stoves. And in the one-star category, we have high-efficiency gas furnaces, followed by high-efficiency boilers. In the end, what we want to do is avoid oil furnaces or boilers, especially the old ones, old wood stoves, and using coal for our electricity. Well, that's all for now. If you are interested in exploring these issues further, head on over to my website. It is christinahunterflourishing.com. That's Christina with a K. There you'll find all kinds of free downloadable resources, especially my green home guide, and my Sustainable Wellbeing Starter Kit. In addition, I have a great new mini course all about green home renovations, so please check that out. While you're there, sign up for my newsletter. It is full of resources and inspiration and news from the flourishing community. And if you're looking for a great way to send a gift to a friend with cancer, check out theunexpectedgiftbox.com. Finally, if you like what you are hearing, please 
leave me a review wherever you get your podcasts. I can't wait to talk to you again. Until then, live well green, my flourishing friends. Bye for now.